Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Village Global's Venture Stories. I'm here today joined by three very special guests, Max Nussenbaum, Kyla Scanlon, and Jake Singer. Max runs the OnDeck Writer Fellowship at OnDeck, Kyla runs the blog Data, 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 and Jake runs the Flywheel. Uh, guys, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. So, so by way of introduction, uh, why don't you introduce the, uh, the, the writing, more about your, your individual writing, and talk about how writing has, uh, has, has changed your life a little bit. Jake, why don't, why don't we start with you? Sure. Thanks, Eric. Uh, great to be here. Uh, so, so as you said, my name is Jake Singer. Uh, I started writing uh, a Substack called The Flywheel about three and a half months ago, and it's changed my life in so many ways already. This has you know, uh, right before I started The Flywheel, I was um, in the final days of uh, my career at Amazon, where I was a product manager for about five years, and starting The Flywheel was not necessarily intended to be my next career venture per se, but it was just kind of a new project. And in this short amount of time, it's, it's kind of been taking off and it's been leading me to, you know, unforeseeable opportunities, uh, meeting amazing people. Um, I've got one consulting client. And, and so, yeah, it's got me thinking about my career in a totally new way. Awesome. We'll get into that. Uh, Kyla, uh, how about you? Yeah. So I have been writing my blog since I was a sophomore in college um, so it's been kind of with me throughout all of my growth periods. Uh, and I started off just like writing about finance and shifting into like more equity research and then uh, macroeconomics. And then once I graduated, I shifted more into data science. Um, and I feel like there's always been sort of this community behind me because of it. And just like so many conversations that I've had around um, topics that I would have never gotten exposure to if I hadn't like had this little piece of real estate online. Um, so it's been really great in just like helping me expand my world and understand it more deeply, for sure. Awesome. And, and Max, please uh, please introduce uh, On Deck Writer Fellowship and, and your journey. Yeah, so uh, I have been putting my writing on the internet since I was in fifth grade when I learned HTML from a physical book so that I could put the stuff I was writing in, you know, elementary school on the internet, uh, you know. Uh, most currently, uh, in addition to running the Writer Fellowship, I uh, write a newsletter called My Super Secret Diary, which is about, I think I say it's about startups, American history, philosophy, sex and drugs, and how to be alive. I think for me, I mean, writing has had so many benefits for me, including, I think, uh, you know, bringing me to my current career at, at On Deck. Um, but I think one of the biggest is it's that it's helped me maintain like a multivariant identity. I think as an adult, you know, especially if you really care about your career, it can be really easy to both in your own head and in the public perception of you get sort of narrowed down into like one sort of bucket, right? I mean, before on deck, I was a startup founder in the real estate space. And it's so easy to be like, oh, real estate startup founder. But by having this online identity where I talked about all kinds of things I was interested in, I think it helped me keep my Ugh, I hate the word personal brand, but personal brand or, or the perception of me within my broader network as someone who had all these different aspects. And I would say also help me myself figure out what some of those aspects are. I think you kind of discover that about yourself and discover you know, what, what you think through, through writing. Um, and now, as yet, I, I run the On Deck uh, Writer Fellowship, which is uh, an eight-week uh, fellowship as part of the, the On Deck community. 
uh, for people who are regularly writing and publishing online. I kind of think of it almost as like a startup accelerator for internet writers where hopefully uh, we can help people with, with all the same kind of stuff. But I, I mean, you know, Kyle and Jake can speak to that uh, more, more than I can probably since they were participants in the first cohort. Well, I've been writing from a very young age as well. In elementary school, I had the longest, uh, the, the, mo- the books with the most pages, which was the currency back then. And the little trick there was you just put page breaks and that's how you have, uh, you know, <laughs> 50 page books. So I've I've been chasing fruitless uh, fruitless kind of uh, 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 recognition for a very long time. No, but in all seriousness, um, I uh, yeah, writing has been an amazing way to meet all these incredible people just through the internet who, who I never would have met uh, otherwise. In addition to learn so much about what I think and be a forcing function for for for, for, for that as well. Max, so we, we just have finished our first cohort of uh, of the Ondek Writer Fellowship. It was a mix of uh, of of folks that are in the startup ecosystem, folks that are adjacent to the startup ecosystem, folks that are totally outside of the startup ecosystem. Most people who listen to this are within the startup ecosystem in, in some capacity, not all, but but most. And so, what 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 have you seen in terms of what they've gotten out of it, or what's your sort of pitch to why they should be uh, writing more? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I think that I writing is both in a, can be an amazing on-ramp to starting a startup or, or starting really anything. And also is just an incredibly valuable skill for someone who's already a founder. So, I mean, I think I'll start there. Uh, you know, certainly like in my own experience, as I mentioned, I was a, a VC-backed startup founder uh, before before I started to run the Writer Fellowship. And uh, I mean, honestly, you know, it's funny because people would always joke, I was a creative writing major in college and people would always joke that, you know, the joke like, what's the difference between a creative writing major and a large pizza? A large pizza can feed a family of four. Um, <laughs> but actually, like, I think that experience was incredibly value, valuable preparation for running a company. I mean, so much of what my job was as CEO was communication and storytelling, whether to, uh, you know, get communicating the vision to our team, communicating to investors, which you might say is really creative writing sometimes, if, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and, uh, and communicating the, the benefits of, of, of the product. But I don't think it's just for, you know, I, I certainly don't think uh, writing is just a skill for, you know, existing business leaders or people who are, who are already running stuff. Um, uh, you know, I think actually one of our, our fellows, uh, Mike Wilner, wrote a, a great uh, blog post about writing as an on-ramp uh, to starting a company uh, that, that maybe we can find a way to, to share with, with your audience. But I think that, you know, being forced to uh, develop your ideas and sort of theses about, of what you believe, like with an audience that will hopefully be, you know, critical, but in a, in a constructive way, um, is a very analogous process to having to develop an idea or MVP in, in the market. And similarly, just having the forcing yourself to have the discipline, especially if you're, you know, writing and publishing regularly. I mean, like Kyle has been doing for what, over a decade now, um, it's just a really great kind of like discipline building, building habit. And I think what's, what's also so great about it is that it's something you can do writing and having, and having a product that is a newsletter or a blog is something you can do that is both disciplined and regular, but also exploratory right? You can be, you don't have to really narrow in on, you know, any one specific thing early on. You can explore a ton of different things and directions you're interested in while at the same time having like a consistent, you know, product or output or something that really demonstrates, you know, your ability to create something. Yeah. Let's get into some case studies uh, from the court. One, let's start with Jake. Um, Jake, you know, six months ago, you know, you were where most people are, which is done jack shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, pre-starting the flywheel. How, how do you get started? What, what's now you've made tremendous progress. You know, flywheel is 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 recognizable. Pe- people really like the content. How do you advise people who were who are where you were six months ago? How, how do they get started? 
Yeah, it's a good question. And, and to be totally honest, I feel like I hit on a few very lucky uh, points that, that were not necessarily planned. Um, but I can definitely use my experience to sort of back into what could have been my strategy if, if it was actually my strategy. Um, <laughs> and so I can tell you sort of a little bit around like how I landed on the concept and got started. Um, uh, so, you know, I, yes, I've only been writing the flywheel for a few months, um, but I've written a bunch throughout my life. My first sort of like published writing was actually during business school from 2013 to 2015. I was a, a writer for a Liverpool blog, a soccer team that I love. And, you know, kind of kind of got really busy when I joined Amazon, so quit that. But um, one of the things I loved about Amazon's culture was how heavy or how large a component writing uh, is in the culture there. Um, and so every big product decision or, or business decision at Amazon is made uh, through written proposals. And, you know, that was something that over the years occurred to me, you know, I'd spend all this time writing. Uh, and the moment that meeting was over, that writing would cease to be valuable or, or, or dramatically lose its value. And so as I was thinking about leaving Amazon, uh, you know, writing was definitely front of mind or top of mind for me as something I wanted to explore. Flywheels, similarly, you know, there's sort of a, a very famous Amazon flywheel that has a, an image that a lot of people would recognize. Uh, the, the, you know, company lore has it that like Bezos sketched it on a napkin one day. Like, who knows if that's true? But, you know, as I was getting, getting started and thinking about what I wanted to write about, I, I had a, a very particular idea about Peloton, uh, which was the first piece in the flywheel. Uh, not necessarily about their flywheel, but as I like thought about it for a few weeks, uh, their flywheel started to, to kind of materialize in my mind and the article became, you know, what is Peloton's flywheel and what does it mean? And then the more I thought about that, the more I realized, you know, this would be a really great kind of repeatable theme uh, that, you know, potentially could also be interesting to people. You know, I've seen people sketch out flywheels and put them on Twitter and kind of that, that concept seems to resonate. Um, and so, so that was pretty much the extent of my strategizing ahead of time. And, but, but I think the takeaways from that are, you know, first of all, find some like a very clear theme that you can repeat over and over again, um, that is interesting to you and that you know something about, right? So, so I think those things were all true for me in, in that case. Uh, and, and I guess one last point on why I think it's this type of theme is, is a good one to write about is just because I will never run out of content. Like pretty much any company that is interesting to me, I could make a story around or write a story around what is their flywheel. And so uh, if you can come up with a theme that hits on all of those points, I think it's a good recipe. And, and just so listeners get a, get a deeper understanding for, for your content, and this is totally incidental, but please go into the on-deck flywheel. Uh, please uh, spend, spend <laughs> Sure, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I published a piece about uh, on-deck and how it is disrupting business school, although you can make the case that it's disrupting more than just business school. And, you know, having gone to business school, I felt like I had a having gone to business school and now doing uh, not only the writer's fellowship, but also the founder's fellowship at on deck concurrently um, felt like I had a unique perspective on that topic uh, and had the chance to interview Eric uh, and David, the CEO uh, for the piece. And so the, the on deck flywheel, as I saw it was, you know, the company started with a founder's fellowship. That was sort of its, its initial product and actually it's only product until a few months ago. And that product itself had a flywheel, which was all around building a strong community you know, and so in the, in the piece, I talked about how it has sort of just generic community flywheel components, which pretty much any community follows, right? It's just how do you get good members into a community? How do you uh, uh, increase desirability of being in that community? How do you uh, make sure that being in that community is really valuable for members? Um, and, then the, and then the second piece is sort of the components that are specific to the Founders Fellowship. Um, and so in this case, the goal there is to, you know, have successful companies emerging from that Founders Fellowship. And I talked about how those two pieces kind of fit together. What I think is the really interesting part about OnDeck and what I wrote about in the piece was how 
you can take that flywheel and you could multiply it and add other flywheels around it uh, that connect to the original flywheel. And, and it gets a little bit meta and matrixy after a while, but essentially, you know, the, the pitch is that on deck is basically replicating these flywheels in a exponential way out from the core product. And each one feeds back to at least one of the other flywheels. Uh, and in that way, the flywheels kind of just expand uh, unpredictably and kind of almost more in like a biological evolutionary process. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting case study. And yeah, I think OnDeck is interesting. Thanks for thanks for sharing it. I, I did not pay you uh, to, to share it. Um, talk talk about the flywheel of the flywheel itself. And I just say that to make it generalizable as much as you can to uh, other people's writing and what they can take away from um, how they can make you know a flywheel out of their writing. Yeah, sure. Uh, and actually, I, I put up a tweet that about this the other day because I'm doing this little experiment on Twitter in the month of December to to post one flywheel every day. So, um, which is turns out to have been an ambitious thing to commit to. The flywheel of the flywheel I posted about a few days ago is how you know I think the the core of it is sort of just how my content gets better over time as I write. Um, even even ignoring things like I just get better at writing, um, or if I get you know for example participate with in on deck writers and have editors who help me, uh, and it's really just more a result of like feeding in feedback from my readers. Um, and so as I write content and it gets shared and I get more subscribers and more followers on Twitter, uh, I, I get a ton of direct feedback from my from my readers about you know how to think about the companies I've written about, how to think you know which new companies I should write about, and. And from that, I also find collaborators who actually make it easier for me to write good content in a way that I couldn't have when I started, right? So to me, that's a perfect example of a flywheel. Like Article 1, I have three subscribers. If I reach out to somebody like relatively well-known in like tech Twitter to help me write a piece, they're going to ignore me. Um, and today they won't, probably, or maybe not, but less, less likely to ignore me. Uh, and so that's definitely happening. And so I, I think of that as sort of like my just general, like how does the flywheel content get better over time? And what I'm doing now is starting to think about what are the offshoot flywheels of that kind of core content flywheel. And so a couple that have materialized, you know, one is I thought about sort of like what other products or features or community types of things can I add around the content. Uh, one example is this uh, Rome research database that I'm uh, in the very early stages of exploring uh, that I think is a direct offshoot of the content. Uh, the vision for that is that, you know, since I'm writing about companies each week is a new company, the data that I'm collecting and the stuff I'm writing about can actually sort of become a repository of knowledge around, you know, investing ideas, business models, uh, even just like company, just general data uh, that will expand as I write. And if I can use the sort of growth of the flywheel to find collaborators who will participate with me in that database, that itself will start to grow in value faster than I could have it grow on my own. And, you know, it connects back to the original flywheel because as I, as this database grows, my own ability to produce good content increases because I'll have better information at my fingertips um, to pull from when I write the next piece. Awesome. Kyla, I want to focus on your, your story a bit now. We, we've been talking with Jake about how to get started as a writer. Uh, he's been doing it for a few months in the, in the flywheel context. You've been working on this, this, uh, this blog for, for, I think you mentioned, 10 years. When you talk about some of the, the turning points you've had in the evolution of your writing or the transition from how to get started as a writer to how to improve uh, as a writer? Yeah, so I actually haven't been doing it for 10 years. So I graduated college a year and a half ago. So I've only been doing it for four years. But yeah, I mean, I think like, like when you're beginning in college, um, there's just like a lot that you need to learn. And I think like my blog and writing about the stuff that I wrote about, it just helps me kind of explore like what path I wanted to go in my life. Um, so I work like at a finance company right now. 
Um, and the only way that I really even like got this job was because I was online publicly and like had this living, breathing portfolio of like equity research um, and macroeconomic research. So I think that was like super valuable. And um, it was just, yeah, it was a way for me to like test ideas and test concepts. And I had a lot of people early on who would like reach out to me and give feedback on some of my ideas. And so that way I was able to get a little bit better and to kind of like maybe steer my thoughts in a different direction. Um, And then now, like with the stuff that I write about, it's primarily about data analysis. Um, And the goal with this is I feel like uh, there's like a conception that data is scary or like data is boring. And so I just think like if I can sort of build a narrative around different data sets and like build a narrative around the algorithms that we use in our everyday life, like that's something that's valuable. And I, the way that I got started is I just um, opened up WordPress. So I had no idea what I was doing. And I just like kind of write, started writing. And then um, I was able to write for Seeking Alpha and a couple of other platforms. Um, and that was really valuable for like reach and distribution. But now I just kind of uh, write in this like little blog. And um, it's really nice to have conversations with people about the pieces. So, What do you think has been the most highest leverage way for you to improve at the craft of writing? I get sort of how to, how to grow an audience, but in terms of making sure that the individual posts are better, what has helped you just regularly, uh, you know, improve? Yeah. So I think one thing that's been really valuable is not hedging against myself. Um, so a lot of times I would try to like hedge against my ideas or like, you know, basically not explore certain topics because I didn't think that they were like, I had anything to say about it. And um, that's one thing that On Deck has actually helped me with is this idea of like, you actually can sort of take up space in that arena. Um, So I think like allowing myself to write about different topics um, and then also kind of allowing myself to explore difficult ideas has been really helpful. Um, And then also like having people edit my work has been really good for me. Um, That's only happened in the past couple of months because of On Deck. But like before I, you know, had this sort of editing group, uh, I would just sort of send stuff off into like, no, I wouldn't even read over it after I wrote it. I was just like, no, it's got to go now. Um, so I think like reading, rereading my work has been really good too. Um, and then reading other people's work is really um, helpful for me because then you can kind of see like their framework and their ideas. Uh, and then the final point is partnering with other writers has been really good for me because it's really cool because you get to see up close, like how they think about things and how they think about their structure and framework. Um, and that really helps me at least like kind of leverage that and in, in, with my own writing. I think that's such a great point, Kyla. And I mean, it's funny, like the amount of imposter syndrome that people have, I think around everything, but around writing in particular, I think in per- perhaps because it's, it's this weird mix of like craft and art. I mean, the number of people in the writer fellowship who say, you know, I don't identify as a writer. I mean, honestly, I still am sometimes like, I'm not sure I identify as a writer. And like my full-time job is running a writing program. And I think that one thing that uh, is is just so cool about uh, writing, especially the world of internet writing, is like, you don't actually have to be that quote-unquote good a writer to be really good at it, right? I mean, Kyle and Jake, you are both excellent writers. So I'm um, speaking, you know, more generally, but like truly, you know, most people who are are succeeding at, at writing online at, at what it, by success or whatever their their definition of it is, you know, it's not most of those people are not like incredible, you know, wordsmiths who would win, you know, a poetry contest or something. It's people who are who are original thinkers who have interesting ideas who just have the persistence and grit to, to keep doing it on a, on a regular basis. And of course, the irony of that is that if you jump into this world, 
and just do it for a while, you will become a, a really good writer. Um, but I think it's like a shame that so many people are, are, are stopped by their own imposter syndrome from, from doing this kind of thing. And it's part of what I love about running the writer fellowship is that this is just it, it, the, the appeal can be incredibly broad and the quality can be high because like to have a decently interesting newsletter that a thousand people who know you or are adjacent to you are interested in reading. Uh, that's like a very accessible goal that a huge amount of people could be capable of doing, right? It's not, you know, on the level of, you know, starting a, a unicorn startup or, well, though I'm sure most listeners of this podcast could start a unicorn startup too. And that's just something I think is, is really cool about writing in general. And I, I, I wish more people were doing it. Yeah, I would add to that. I think one thing, you know, especially for those of us who write about businesses or finance or any sort of uh, topic like that. Uh, one thing that I'm still kind of getting over is this idea that like, my arguments have to be amazing and perfect. And like, I'm going to get torn apart by like, the equity analysts or whoever like really knows their stuff. The The general thing for me on the flywheel so far has been, you know, I have like one interesting point on a company and try to write a whole article around it. And, and so my fear is always that like, yeah, like some more serious thinker is going to like get that and like rip it to shreds. It hasn't happened yet. And I don't think that's just because I'm like being extremely thorough in all of my articles. I think generally it's, it's exactly what Max and Kyler are saying is like, not every piece has to, has to answer every possible question. It could just be enough to present one new idea. Um, and, and I think most people, seemingly everybody is, is pretty receptive to that. Well, I was just going to say, I have gotten ripped to shreds before um, on one of my pieces. And I feel like it just really helps you kind of like understand like where people are coming from and like why people, certain people think a certain way. Um, and it helps me like build a little bit more value, I think, into my pieces. Um, so it definitely hurts, but it can be pretty valuable even though it's painful kyla kyla takes invaluable feedback i'm like they're sociopaths they're haters <laughs> but uh i like it Mac, and i think and i think that that's like comes full circle to why writing can be great preparation for starting a startup because the the feedback that your product or idea is going to get from the market when you're starting a company is going to be like pretty brutal and uh there is uh no better practice for that than uh, the feedback that you'll get for, for your writing, which in some ways can, I think, feel even more brutal because even though it doesn't necessarily result in like losing money or, you know, in my case, your entire company failing and losing millions of investors dollars, it like feels like it's, it can feel more like it's feedback of you because writing can be like so vulnerable. So I think getting that kind of feedback is great practice for starting a company and honestly, just for life in, in general. Yeah. So, so- Let's debunk some other misconceptions people have about writing. I appreciate the the one you just mentioned, Max, about identity, the idea of I have to be a writer or, or not be a writer. What are other either misconceptions people have or places that people get stuck in terms of they just stop doing it for, for, for whatever reason? Like where have we seen people get held back? Yeah, I think uh, another really big one that I see is people worrying up front too much about like how their writing is is differentiated. Because I think like, there, there, there are more ways to differentiate from other writing out there than just like the ostensible topic of what you're writing about, right? There's tone, there's your approach, there's style, there's just who you are, there's all kinds of things. And I think people underestimate the degree to which like they will to some extent automatically be differentiated because like writing is just so personal, like your voice is likely going to be somewhat differentiated unless you're like an extremely boring person, which I think is, is, is pretty unlikely. You know, it is true. And, and the other element too, is that you discover your voice and differentiation, you know, over time, 
in the same way that your final product in your startup usually doesn't perfectly resemble your MVP, right? And so, yeah, it's true that like, you know, if, if you're going to have a paid newsletter that is going to have a lot of paying subscribers, you are eventually going to need to have like some elevator pitch about the value that newsletter provides and how it's different from whatever else is out there. But don't let not having that on day one stop you. Like you will discover that over time. Um, an example I, I love to use is um, Film Crit Hulk, who uh, I don't know if any of you have heard of. Uh, he was big in um, like the blog, the first blog era. So maybe 2009, 2010, when I was in college. And he was a, a film critic uh, who wrote a blog on Blogger it, with like, you know, it was like a pretty intellectual, you know, uh, film critic, but he used the, vo- the voice of the Hulk. So like all caps, poor grammar, it would literally be like, Hulk thinks cinema verite was not the right approach for blah, blah, blah. And his, uh, his insights were, they were interesting, but they weren't anything different than you would get from, you know, reading any other like grad school film blog, which is probably what it was. And, and honestly, it was incredibly unpleasant to read because it was like all caps run on sentences, you know, one paragraph. Um, but he had like huge success. And I don't think that you know, I'm not recommending that everyone take on a gimmick as 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 much as like Film Crit Hulk. But the truth is, like all of our unique voices are make you naturally like five percent Film Crit Hulk just by being you. Yeah. So for people who are, you know, curious about going deeper in what we're talking about, Max, can you talk about what people can expect from the next fellowship is in January? What can people expect from being part of such a thing, and, and why should people be in a you know a, a writer community? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I'll talk about it for, for a bit. And then, uh, you know, Kyle and Jake can share their own opinions or, or say that everything I'm, I'm saying is outrageous lies. Um, <laughs> you know, but basically, I mean, you know, I would say fundamentally, like our thesis at On Deck is that the best way to become a better writer is through consistent structured practice with a community of your peers, right? So the, the Writer Fellowship, you know, the core of it consists of uh, you know, it's a, it's an eight week program groups, cohorts of around 150 writers. The core of it consists of writers workshops, which are uh, small groups of, you know, around 10 writers who meet uh, once a week on zoom with an expert facilitator to get feedback on their writing and to get peer feedback on, on each other's writing. Uh, and then we have all kinds of other programming ranging from uh, speakers, you know, successful uh, writers, newsletter authors who come in and talk about what they've been doing to uh, you know, Zoom writing club where we all get on Zoom and write silently for an hour together to different kinds of writing prompts and other programming around, you know, all the other things that are necessary to become, uh, have success, you know, as an internet writer, other than just putting words in front of each other, like uh, marketing, distribution, growth, building your brand. And, you know, really, I think the, the biggest thing I like to emphasize is that, you know, we really see ourselves as building a community. Like this isn't just like a, this isn't a 10 step course of like, Hey, come, you know, learn our eight secrets to, to writing successfully online. I think, I think, look, most crafts are better practiced with a community, but especially with like writing, it's a very solitary interior process. It can be, you know, pretty lonely and having a community of other uh, writers to, to do it with not only holds you accountable, uh, but can be kind of inspirational and hopefully just like leave you feeling better. So yeah, if, uh, anyone out here would love to see you apply. Uh, applications uh, are open and the next cohort starts on, on January 16th. Uh, yeah, I would add, um, you know, I think everything Max said is, is an outrageous lie. No, just kidding. Um, yeah, I think for, for me, uh, I, a lot of those pieces were really useful. Um, I think the timing was really interesting because I had only written maybe two or three files before starting on deck writers. And so the, the growth of the files completely overlapped with my time in ODW and not going to, can't, can't promise to anyone out there that if you don't ODW, your, your newsletter will grow the same way. But, um, but it's been, it's been a really interesting experience and a lot of firsts for me, you know, 
having you know dozens of people editing a piece uh, is definitely a unique experience because we haven't had that before. Um, and so yeah, just getting into a a consistent cycle of you know idea draft uh, feedback and sort of publishing uh, was was something that I was able to develop through ODW and, and you know my my peer groups were, were a huge part of that. I think another kind of underrated piece and Max touched on this with community is just being around other like-minded people who are thinking about things in a similar way uh, to you. You know, when I, when I published the first flight, I have, I have a group of uh, close friends from college that I chat with all the time who are, you know, just in a different space career-wise, um, you know, kind of have jobs at great companies and, and are really focused on that. Um, and I published the first piece and sent it to them and they were all, the reaction was pretty unanimous to like, why would you write this thing? Um, and they just didn't get it and, and it's totally fine. Um, but having people in your life that you can talk to about these things and, and who do get it and who are trying to do the same thing, you know, and, and for all the reasons we talked about, not just about, you know, shifting careers and trying to, to grow an audience, but also just for all the, all the ways in which writing can expand your perspectives in life. Um, so yeah, I think that's been super valuable for me. Yeah. You, your initial friends just didn't see the vision. They didn't. They feel kind of dumb now though. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, love it. Uh, Kyla, how about you? Yeah, no, I totally agree with everything um, that they just said. I think like having this community has been really valuable for me because like when you graduate college, like there's this weird gap in your life, um, especially with the pandemic happening, where you're just kind of like searching for things. Um, and for me, like none of my friends similar to Jake, like understood or understand like why right they're like, why would like your job's already so stressful? Like, why would you add more stress to your life? Um, and I feel like like writing itself is just like such a beautiful thing that we can offer to the world. Like, why wouldn't you want to share your thoughts with the whole planet? Like, that's just like so cool. And then you can have that back and forth dialogue with people all over the world. Um, and it stays there forever. And it just encourages like more and more conversation. And I think within On Deck, like I've met so many people who think similarly to me, but also so different. And I've had like some of the most cool conversations that I've like had in my whole life. Um, and I just feel like they've encouraged me, especially like my um, workshop group, like I wrote a pretty vulnerable piece about being from Kentucky and like moving to the coast um, and kind of like what that feels like. And they were like, you need to like take up space with this piece, like similar to how I was talking about a little earlier, like you need to kind of share this story because other people will relate. And so like not only I feel like did I grow professionally from this community as a writer, but also personally, like just kind of growing a little bit more into myself because I've been surrounded by so many incredible people. One, one just other thing I, I want to add there is that I think that writing can be a really great way for ambitious uh, young people who uh, want a life and career of growth and accomplishment, but maybe aren't necessarily necessarily a hundred percent sure exactly what that should look like yet to sort of pursue their goals uh, and grow their network while also like maintaining optionality and not necessarily committing to a specific path upfront. You know, I think about myself, like when I was, you know, in my early twenties, like I was burning with ambition. I knew I wanted to work with amazing people, build something important, but I didn't exactly know what form that was going to take. I wasn't actually ready to like start a company or go do a coding boot camp or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, I think writing can just be an incredible way to uh, engage with other people who are interested in similar things, sort of uh, learn about a ton of different stuff, start, uh, you know, building uh, your own network and your, ugh, again, personal brand, hate that, hate that word, um, while still maintaining, you know, a, a enormous optionality around what you're going to do and maybe even discover new interests that you have. I mean, I think about how many 
you know, so many times now I talk to someone who's younger in their career and they're asking, you know, advice about like networking or like, hey, how can I, what's a good way that I could cold email, you know, insert famous person here and get them to talk to me. And it's like, you know what? Uh, if you write a blog post engaging with that person's ideas, I guarantee you that's going to be a thousand times more effective at like building some connection with them than just like sending them some cold email where there's going to be a thousand similar emails in their inbox. Yeah, I would just say, I think everything Max said is not reserved just to people whose careers are just starting off. I, you know, I've, I'm 33, I'm 11 years into my post-college career. Uh, and it's like everything you said still, I feel like describes me accurately is, you know, felt like I needed to do something else, not exactly clear or, or certain what, um, and, and definitely saw writing as a path to, to explore that and just expand my options. Yeah, I heard a line once, Kevin Kwok, I believe, said something like, a great blog post is like the best cold email you could ever send to the person you're, you're trying to impress or, or, or meet or, or work with. So, yeah, I mean, Eric, I'd love to, to turn it uh, around on you. I mean, I know you've been writing for a long time. I mean, I think I remember our, our ill-fated writers group in Detroit when, <laughs> when we were 22. Um, but more recently, like I've really been enjoying your newsletter. You know, you're someone who already has, I think, what most people listening to this podcast would consider a successful career. So why do, why do you write? What do you get out of it? And where are you hoping to go with it? I've gotten so much joy out of reading other people's pieces. Um, I, I've learned so much. I've connected to parts of myself. I've understood myself better because of things that other people who I've never met have written. And part of the motivation to write is just to to do the same. Uh, it, it, I felt close to people. I remember I read this article by Wesley Yang in like 2009 or 2010 called uh, Asian Like Me. And I'm not even Asian. <laughs> um, but I, I, I resonated with that piece so deeply and I've become friends with, with Wes since, but I don't, it just made me feel alive in a really interesting way. And so early in my, in my 20s, I was more interested in potentially you know, so, some more creative stuff or, or creative nonfiction to try to you know, have a similar effect, effect on, on other people. I'm, I'm not as good as, as that kind of writing, but that was part of the motivation. I think part of the writing I do now is, is really just to learn what I think, just to, to you know, process the things that I, I intake to understand them. And the best way to, you know, to learn is to teach. Um, and, and maybe the best way to understand something is, is to write about it. Um, but then also to, I like this idea of sort of like, you know, being in sort of ambient communication with, with people about ideas that I'm exploring in a, in a synchronous, but also asynchronous way. And I think writing just allows other, you to share your brain space with other people. And hopefully you, you, I get feedback on it in a way that, that makes me smarter and, and helps me understand the world. What, yeah, what I'm really trying to do is just like sense make, just like understand what, why certain things are happening and writing is the best way for me to figure out uh, why they are. Uh, and the benefit, the, the bonus is that, so I would do it even if other people weren't re, you know, reading it, but the benefit is that other people will make me smarter and then hopefully I can make friends uh, or, or, or collaborators in the process. Yeah, you know, I'm really glad that you said all that stuff because I, I'm sort of realizing now that I have been talking about the benefits of writing from a very sort of practically oriented standpoint. You know, this is the Venture Stories podcast after all, you know, I don't want to come on here and be like the woo-woo hippie writer guy. But, you know, the truth is like for, for my writing personally, I mean, the absolute main, the, the most important things I get out of writing are I, you know, uh, enrich my spirit, you know, uh, connect with myself emotionally and like, vibrate at a frequency that's more in tune with the universe, you know? And I think it'd be, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to go this whole podcast without, you know, mentioning all that because the truth is like, yeah, writing has hugely benefited my career. It has been a practical help. Those skills helped me pitch investors when I was running a company, but really like nothing compares to just like feeling I get when I've 
you know, written something that I feel like has tapped into something, you know, true and meaningful and that has connected with other people. So Max, would you guarantee that anyone who starts writing will vibrate at the frequency of the universe? Yeah. A hundred percent enlightenment guaranteed at ODW or your money back. Okay. That's a perfect place to wrap. Uh, guys, can you uh, plug your, your, your content and where people can, can go deeper for people who, who enjoyed this episode? Uh, Jake. Yeah. Uh, check out the flywheel. Uh, the website is the flywheel.io or on Twitter. Kyla. Yeah. So um, you can check out my work at kylascamlin.com or my Twitter. Max. Well, first off, I just want to give extra shout outs to both Jake and Kyla's work. Everyone listening to this should, should, should go read uh, both of those. But beyonddeck.com slash writers. That's where you can learn more about the Writer Fellowship. Uh, and we hope to see you apply and be sure to mention uh, that you heard us on this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. It's been a great episode. Thanks for having us, Eric. Thanks, okay. Eric. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at villageglobal.vc.